Hello and welcome to the Brookwood Ministries podcast. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaches us a pathway to peace. Let's join the pastors of Brookwood Care Ministries as we explore eight principles of growth in this care podcast series on the journey of healing. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Care Ministries podcast here at Brookwood Church. We are in part three of our series called The Journey of Healing. My name is Josh Masters. I'm the associate care pastor here at Brookwood Church, and I'm here with two other fine gentlemen. Uh, First off, Doug Wildman, who is our marriage and counseling pastor. You want to say hi, Doug? Hi there. And Well done. Thank you. And um, (laughs) I'm also here with Gene Beckner, who is the care pastor here at Brookwood Church. Say hi. This is radio. Oh, hi. They're very good. <laughs> well, you didn't ask me if I wanted to say hi. You asked Doug, but you didn't ask me. Well, so I just figured you could. I wasn't going to say anything. All right. We also have Josh Taylor and Katie at the helm. That's right. And we're glad to be there. That sounds like yeah. a band. So I promise that uh, the rest of this podcast will be better than the introduction. <laughs> As I said, we're on part three of our Journey of Healing series committing my will. We've been going through the principles of Celebrate Recovery. There are eight principles that are based on the Beatitudes, which is a section of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. And we've been going through the principles that we use in Celebrate Recovery. But don't turn off your radio if you're not interested in Celebrate Recovery, because these principles apply to everyone. Because they're based on the words of Christ, they can be used to heal any type of hurt, any type of habit, any type of hang-up. Whatever's weighing you down in life, they can be used. So in our first two sessions, we talked about the first principle, which was realize I'm not God, admit that I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. And then after we did that, we looked at principle two. Earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him, that's key, and that he has the power to help me recover. So once we realize that we're not God and that our life is unmanageable, we have to recognize that there is a God that cares about us. Not only does he care for us, but then he also has the power to heal us. But how do we start that relationship? That's what we're going to look at today. How do we move towards God's healing? And that comes from principle three. Principle three is consciously choose to commit all my life and my will to Christ's care and control. And that comes from Matthew 5.5, happy are the meek, or some say happy are the humble. So the first thing that we have to recognize is that this doesn't say consciously choose to commit my bad behaviors and my hurts, right? Because this goes deeper. Christ's healing goes deeper than our behaviors and our hurts. It's about a relationship with Jesus, and we need to commit our lives and our will to him in order for that to happen. So the first thing that this principle says is consciously choose. Those are the first two words, consciously choose. What do you, what do you think that means, Doug? As I was uh, thinking this through, I, I thought about, you know, all of the people that I talk with uh, every day, um, and so many of us are living our life kind of unconsciously. You know, we are carrying on with our, our daily activities, um, not really um, thinking about things from moment to moment, and um, that's a problem. Um, so many of us, I know we've... we. We hear about faith as being, you know, going forward, praying a prayer, um, everything is good to go. Um, The problem 
that's not a problem. I shouldn't put it that way. Um, the, the other thing to consider is that um, Christ desires for us much more. That's the beginning point. But he desires to um, interact with us moment by moment. And so um, how many of us are living on autopilot? Probably most of us. Um, and oftentimes our behavior is, is really uh, unconscious. You know, and then what happens is people will then complain, why is my life falling apart? Well, part of it is that we're not living consciously. We're not living um, intentionally, uh, making conscious choices, um, being present in the moment. Um, I was was, uh, in a seminar up in Canada with a teacher by the name of Dr. Simon Shea, and he was— Was it in an igloo? <clears throat> no, actually, okay, just... no, no. Um, but uh, but he um, he was an expert in um, sexual addictions. And am I allowed to talk about that on the radio? Yes. Okay, I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. So um, he he was always asking the question. You know, we oftentimes look at the behaviors of people, and we think, "Why are you doing that behavior? What are you What are you doing? Just stop doing that." And uh, the, the real question that needs to be asked is not, you know, what are you doing? Quit doing that. What, what we really should be asking is, why are you in need of soothing? And, and oftentimes, I think that's what it is. We're, we're going from moment to moment, looking at soothing various things, trying to look for a solution in a lot of different things other than in that relationship with Christ. Yeah, so we try to find... Um, distractions, right? That distract us from our hurts and our pains. And That's that may exactly be, it. Yep. it may be drugs, it may be alcohol, it may be shopping, it may be uh, self-loathing, right? It, yes. It's like it's just, but it's a distraction from what is hurting us or what our pain is. Is that is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Completely unconscious. I guess that's the, that's the operative part in this whole thing for me. Right. Because we don't, we don't say oh, I'm going to eat this gallon of ice cream because it makes me feel better and it uh, makes me forget about the pain that I suffered when I was a child. We, exactly. We're just doing it because it's exactly. soothing us. So the goal is to is to bring ourselves back to the present moment and ask ourselves, God, what are you having to say to me right at this moment? Right. And so we do have to consciously choose. Consciously choose, yeah. And what we're consciously choosing to do in this principle or in this step is to commit our lives and our will over to God. But sometimes, and we'll talk more about committing our life, but sometimes we don't really know what it means to commit our will. Like, what is our will? What does that mean? And I know, Gene, you had some thoughts about that, right? Yeah, but I want to go back to something that Doug said about living uh, intentionally. Yes. You know, it's interesting that, you know, there's a a famous Harvard study about – you know, the, the people who wrote their goals down uh, and they went back and, and tracked this class and, you know, the the ones who wrote their goals down on paper and were intentional about it were the most successful. You know, they all had the same education. They all had the same experiences, you know, within the educational system. But those who wrote their goals down had more of a, of a guide to their life. Mm. And so it's interesting that I think a lot of people – you know, as we talked about in the Revolution series, you know, they'll write down goals for eating, they'll write down their goals for exercising, and and they'll be intentional, and they'll be successful, and they'll see results. But when it comes to 
our walk with the Lord, a lot of people will say, well, you know, if you ask how intentional are you in your relationship with God, usually they'll say things like either I have a quiet time, but then when you really discuss that, it's nothing more than a short devotion, a short prayer, and then they're out the door. So they really aren't connecting with God. They are doing some things that are good to a good foundation to help them get started. Or you'll start to hear, well, I'm too busy. Yeah, right. The kids, this, the husband, the wife, the job, you know, and they're not intentional. Right. And so yeah. like what Doug said, they, they, you know, I almost see like bees swarming around their head and, and they cannot get clarity on things because those unconscious motivations are directing their behavior. Right. And so a lot of times what happens when people come in for counseling or for guidance, they get threatened when you ask them not about the behavior, but about what's behind the behavior. Exactly. Because you can, you know, you can put people off by excusing behavior. Like anger, if we, if we talk about anger, this happens a lot when I deal with men. Well, I was just tired that day. Or the kids were all over the place. We were doing 50 things. It was hot outside. And people will go, yeah, I understand that, because we've all been in those situations. We're like, yeah, I get that. But if you really want to help somebody get closer to the core, you ask them, can you put all that stuff aside and tell me what was going on inside? Because, mm. see, all those other things are outside things. Right. And that goes beyond the quiet time that they told yes. you about, right? We don't right. want, and we certainly don't want to discourage anyone no. who's having quiet time no. with God. But you do have to recognize that committing 20 minutes to God is not the same as committing your life and your will to God. Right. Yeah. The scripture actually says to pray without ceasing. Right. right. Which is a totally different way of thinking about that. Right. right. And, and I think that it's easy for us to say that we're giving our life to Christ, but it's very different to live that way. And it's even harder, I think, for us to even come up with the concept that we're giving up our will because we love having our way. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so again, Gene, what, what were your thoughts yeah. on on our will? Well, the thing about the will is <laughs> if, you, if you're going to really take a look at your own will, you're probably going to be discouraged at first mm-hmm. because – The closer we get to the Lord, the more we see the areas where we need him. And so if you're out there today and you're saying, you know, I want to take a look at stuff like this and your attitude is not good, that's good. And that sounds weird, but it's good that your attitude's not good because now you're more motivated to take a look at why it's not good. You know, why am I not being loving towards my wife, my kids? You know, why am I not giving 100%, you know, at my work? You know, why am I avoiding my friend or my coworker? Um, and you've recognized it. <clears throat> right. Yeah. And that's the first part. I mean, you have, you have to be aware. And, you know, God is, is sovereign in all of this. I mean, that's something that we talk a lot about on these podcasts but he also gives you the power. He gives you the ability to choose. Mm. Um, you know, in Deuteronomy, when uh, the way to live your life is being um, laid out in Deuteronomy 13, basically what happens in Deuteronomy 13, 30, 19 is it says, 
okay, I've placed before you life and death. Choose life. So that tells me that we have a choice. Later in Joshua 24, Joshua does the same thing. He says, look, he tells the people, choose this day who you're going to serve. Right. You, you make the choice. He says, as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. So in that case, these, these are examples of very powerful, godly men who laid their will down and said, I'm going to choose you know, what, what God is uh, providing for me. Right. You know, and going back to what you said at the beginning, consciously choose to commit my life and, and will to Christ's care and control. We like the care part. Oh, good. He's going to care for me, but also he's going to control it. That's the part that people are like, eh. and it's okay if you feel that thing inside going, eh, because that's your will saying, no, let's do it our way. Even if it's a mistake, even if it's not working, even if you could... I've sat with people who will sit there and tell me the fruit of their life is not the fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. But when you start to say, okay, let's consciously make some... Let's intentionally make some choices, they, they step out. So, you know, the number one thing is you have to put yourself in a position to receive from God. And, and you can do that throughout your day. Like Doug is saying, it's almost the psychological term of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of been hijacked by different organizations and different, you know, uh, philosophies. But that's really what we're talking about. You're, you're recentering yourself to say, God, what is it you want me to know in this moment? What do you want me to know as I go into this meeting? What do you want me to know as we're doing this podcast? You know? And that's how you pray without ceasing is, is you are you are putting your your will down. You're choosing life. You're choosing to serve God by saying, hey, I'm going to humble myself in this moment and I'm going to ask you to guide me right. as opposed to trying to do it myself. Which is why the verse that goes with this principle is happy are those who are meek. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's not really a characteristic that people want to emulate. Right. But Jesus was meek or humble to the point of death upon a cross, you know, and, and without beating this drum of social media again, you know, what social media has done in a lot of cases is it has it has caused people to enter into an arena where they're where they are defensive from the beginning. You have to choose a side and then you have to prove that you're right. Mm hmm. You like there's you can't it's very difficult to just have a a conversation and maybe you see something, you know, you see things differently. There's this thing on the inside that kind of rises up in people mm-hmm. and you know, we laugh about it and stuff, but think about the time that is wasted on thinking about what someone else said that you don't even know. And you want to respond. You know, there's that little thing with Kermit the Frog, and he's hitting the typewriter because he wants to respond. And, you know, I mean, I'll admit I've I've been there too. But the like Doug said, the unconscious is going to fire something off and call the person an idiot or say they don't know what they're talking about. Or what's even better, they'll use scripture to, like, put someone down. It's just like, wait a minute, you know, we want to be inviting people to a relationship with God. We don't want them to look at a scripture and go, you know, well, this person's beating me over the head with, you know, uh, scripture. 
but it's unconscious to I got to be right. I got to get my point across. I've I've got to win this thing. Mm. Where Jesus put his arms wide open on the cross and said, "Hey, I'm giving my life for whoever wants." To have a relationship with me. And the cool thing is, is it's today. He's still doing that today. You know, his arms are open wide. And so we have to make the choice to put ourselves in a position to receive. Now, the hard part is when you start walking with the Lord and he starts to point things out, we sometimes get defensive and we want to rationalize it. But let's say we're at a place where we're going, okay, I'm, I'm admitting it. I'm agreeing with God. Then there's the the next stage is repenting, which is turning. You, you it goes beyond just cognitively agreeing with God. You get to the place where you're saying, "Okay, God." And there's a song lyric: "Break my heart for the things that break yours." Now I'm repenting. Now I'm starting to turn and come back to Him, as opposed to going down a path that could be to my destruction or the destruction of the people that I love. Right. We live in a society that says, I'm, I'm noticing it. My wife and I were watching the Olympics, and you know, there's a lot of commercials, and I've seen it even in the movies. I've noticed, and I won't name brands, but there's one. It's a soft drink. And it's this girl walking, and she basically says like 10 times, you do you. It's delicious. It makes me feel good. Thanks. Life is short. I mean, just do you, whatever that is. You do what you want to do. And I started noticing that all the commercials are saying, you deserve to do what you want to do. So go ahead and do it. And then, you know, they drink the soft drink or get in the car or do whatever. And I'm like, if I'm watching that, that is not God's message to us. He's like, do it my way. It will be better for you if you do it my way. And so what happens is when the person and in that same commercial, the girl says, I just feel better when I drink Brand X, whatever that is. So now we're all getting up on the emotional part. Well, I, it, I, I've got to feel good. I've got to feel better. I've got to. But when you start submitting your will to God, it doesn't feel good. Right. You know, you probably won't have instant gratification of, oh, wow, this is great. You know, my flesh is being crucified. And you know what? I'm just a servant of the Lord. And every, no, you're going to want to get up. You're going to want to get away from it. You will be inconsistent. You'll you'll step in and then you'll step out. You know, just like the children of Israel, uh, you know, they're following God. Next thing you know, they're following, a, you know, a gold calf, mm -hmm. you know. So be prepared for your emotions and your mind to rebel against it. That's right. Because you, the flesh does not want to be controlled. Which is why it's so important that you recognize that you can't really fulfill this step or this principle until you have recognized what we talked about last week, mm -hmm. which is earnestly believe that God exists and that I matter to him. Right. Mm -hmm. Because until you can come to a place where you recognize that God's will is going to be better for me than my own will, right. it becomes impossible for us to lay that down. Well, I, I agree with that 100%. And then the last thing is, Let's say you're going through that journey. How, how do you help yourself be successful? Yes, you, you spend time with the Lord. You put yourself in a position to receive. You're honest before the Lord. But you also need a community of other people who are willing 
to do the same as you. And to me, that's probably the weakness of the body of Christ in general is that we don't have uh, enough of those communities where people go, you know what, I feel like I can really let my guard down here. I really feel like I can be authentic. Mm-hmm. But if we can start to reproduce those kinds of communities, then I think what you're providing for the world and for the church is an example of how the Acts Church was supposed to be, you know, which is something that we we really desire to see happen at Brookwood is, you know, we we want to be that light, Mm -hmm. you know, for God's glory, not for ours. You could call this church anything you want, but for his glory— so that people will see the blessing of committing your life to Christ. You know, someone listening to this podcast might go, that that sounds really harsh. That sounds hard. I don't think I want to do that. Let me skip to another one that's... But there's a benefit of that. Hmm. You know, there's, there's something beautiful that can come out of that because God can make something out of us that we can't make out of ourselves. That's for sure. And that's what we want to help you with in care ministries at Brookwood Church Absolutely. and even at Celebrate Recovery, mm-hmm. uh, which meets on Thursday nights. Uh, but you can also call us in the care ministries department if you don't know which path to take, and we'll help right. you figure out what the next step is. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a phone number at the end of this podcast that you can call if you want us to walk with you in that. Um, so I feel like there's a lot more to unpack with this principle that we haven't gotten to because we haven't even really touched on uh, committing your life to Christ and what that means. And I think there's more to unpack uh, in general, but we are running out on time. So I think what we want to do is probably extend this into the next podcast and we'll continue talking about principle three when we return. Are you guys going to come back? Uh, yep. Okay, good. I'll Doug, check my you... schedule and see what I can do. Okay, great. <laughs> my people will talk to your people. <laughs> That would be great. But again, we would love to help you take these steps. And if you have any questions about what we've been talking about, we'd love to connect with you. Uh, Gene, would you like to close us in prayer? Sure. Father, we thank you for, um, for your word and for how you communicate to us through your word. And Lord, I'm, I'm just thankful that you love us enough that you give us a choice. But Father, show us how to consciously choose to commit our life and our will to you, because that's what's best. So Father, show us your goodness as we do that. Lord, anyone listening to this that is attempting to start that path, Lord, I pray that you would encourage them and that you would guide them to people and circumstances that will help them grow in their knowing you because uh, I know that you want to be known. And so, Lord, we just thank you um, for Jesus and for the sacrifice on the cross and the fact that we can have uh, eternal life with you. And it's in your Son's name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church. If you'd like more information about today's topic, or you need support, you can call us at 864-688-8355. You can also learn more about Care Ministries by visiting www.brookwoodchurch.org care. And make sure to check out all of our upcoming events and support groups on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash brookwoodcare. We'd love to be an encouragement to you as we walk together in a healing relationship with Christ. Until next time, 
God bless.